0: As always, is my co-host and recently excommunicated
1: priest, Hank. You know, it is true. I, I am a man of the cloth. I really <laughs> yes. am. Father Hank, Papa Hank's all right, if you want to call me What's that, What's your too. denomination? Hankidest.
0: Hankidest? Okay. Is it Christmas called <laughs> Hank'sgiving?
1: Denomeno patriot et fili et spiritu Hanktus. Um, uh, yeah, Hank'sgiving's the official holiday. <laughs> Hankmas, Hank'sgiving... What would my Easter be? I want sacrifices on my Easter. I'm a human. Though. I want people to jump off cliffs for me. I would be a bad god. I would be one of those like Old Testament. You know, fuck it, drown them. I don't like it. Angels been fucking people down there. Drown them all. And that's what happened. The Nephilim. Welcome to Death by DVD. We're gonna get into some weird shit tonight, just like we did. It's gonna. I'm excited for the show. I've been really it's looking forward. to Dark this we ha- it's our double feature you know it's our double feature drive-in dubious death by dvd dreadful I, I
0: don't know i'm just trying to think of words i don't know if i would use the word drive in to describe this episode at all let's talk more of somber sit in the theater and watch very quiet
1: neither of these movies have ever shown in a drive-in and one of these movies has hardly been shown anywhere in fact no um
0: it's lost to time unless you're a film dweeb like us and then it's one of your favorite movies of all time
1: but we'll get into that because it's time for recently seen i watched from 1932 freaks by todd browning dusted off an old classic here because the criterion channel told me so and I hadn't seen this movie in a really long time, and my memory of it was, I guess, a bit jaded. I just thought it was this kind of hodgepodge of all these performers from Barnum and Bailey, and and you know, disadvantaged people, I guess you could say, being exploited on screen. And rewatching it, I don't know why I had that idea. It's it's absolutely not that whatsoever. It's, it's a very dark. Yeah, it's it's a dark movie incredibly dark and clever movie that focuses really on just the evil of humans and just the poor nature of humans and um what i think is really interesting is is mostly the end you go through watching this particular character hans get ridiculed the movie's about a small man in a circus named hans who is misled by a performer named Cleopatra and her boyfriend, the strongman Hercules. They take advantage of him. He buys her gifts. She reciprocates, reciprocates, can't speak, with saying she loves him, eventually marries him, makes a fool of him, and the other freaks, quote-unquote, performers at the circus, take revenge on her and turn her into one of them, goobble gobble goobble gobble. gobble, one of us. But he, the the lead character, is, you know— Leaves them all, goes away from them Because he's very earnest and he just was heartbroken And briefly in his life Experienced happiness despite being Made a fool, quote-unquote And I just thought it was so dark In its own right, outside of The freaks and the horror and the nature of the movie That this one character, all he wanted Was honesty and just never. You can't even get it from your friends, your family Your loved ones, it's much more dismal I think than uh, Meets the Eye When you first watch it, it's by Todd Browning that did Dracula with Bela Lugosi classic horror film starting off the spooky month, so I picked an oldie. The question I have is, because like they they explain a little
0: bit where Hans gets his money, he's like some German royalty or bullshit like that, and he's rich and that's why she marries him, for his money why is he in a traveling carny if he's so rich It's like, eh, I still want to exploit myself for a little bit more money when, when you're in the leaves, free show, that was your only capability of making money. That's
1: kind of the whole point of why you're there. And when he leaves at the end, and, and it shows his house, he's got this giant ass vaner. it's not like Fucking he's living in a hovel. Santa do? Yeah, he's he's doing incredibly well. So this must have been like his off midlife crisis where uh, I, I don't I know. he see just How doesn't the feels other good. people live? The other.
0: Uh, people with uh, disabilities oh.
1: I, I think this is the guy that played Hans The same performer from that Werner Herzog movie We referenced last week Whose name I still forgot again Even though we just talked about <laughs> it a week ago I don't know, I It's don't... the one about the dwarves Whatever it's a, uh, no, Who the fuck uh, else is referencing Herzog movies About the dwarves Short and people something I think that's the Randy Newman it, song No, no
0: it's uh, Even short people need love Or
1: even short people get the blues. That's the one where she has a big thumb, right? I
0: can't remember. That's even cowgirls.
1: Get blues. <laughs> I don't know. <laughs> I don't at all. What did you watch this week?
0: What did I watch? Oh, well, uh, well just to divert the conversation completely from art to something that can never be considered art, I watched Child's Play. I watched Child's Play this week. Yeah, that remake. I will say that the first 30 to 40 minutes work really well. And then it turns into a complete bizarre shit fest. Um, How's Mark Hamill? Mark Hamill's fine. He's good. Cause like they completely changed the idea. Cause it's AI, it's malfunctioning AI it has no restrictions. And basically the kid is upset most of the time. And like, he finally gets some friends. His like his, uh, the guy, his mom is dating is a complete shit bag. And he hates him, and, like, Chucky basically. You. Well, I mean, Chucky, because for some, I and here's how we introduce him. I'm going to name you, um, I can't remember, it was something stupid. Like, it's some, like, kind of millennial term. I can't remember what they're going to call him. Ch- I don't know, Chode was the uh, other name that another kid called him, but. Um, I would the, have loved it if this movie had just been called Eat. Well, and the dog just goes, no, my name's Chucky why is your name Chuck you know other movie okay so that has nothing to do with it and what's really weird about it is it's this advanced ai robot that you can buy for kids why would you like wouldn't it look more like a funko pop cuz the design of the original like good guy doll is very dated so they decide to go basically with the same look which makes no sense if it looked like um like a just like an ai Robot that you see At those like Weird robot conventions You know uh, As of late It would like You know Sleek and white Or black or something It just looked like a robot It would play as a much better movie Because It really has nothing to do With Child's Play The original Other than Killer doll
1: Um Yeah essentially What made that movie Charming Is the whole voodoo aspect And Charles Lee Ray personality Yeah I mean It's a serial killer. You know, Charles Lee Ray's a whole guy. He has a whole uh, enigma and mystery wrapped around him, which gives the movie an angle that you can kind of feel some fear behind. You know, robots have gone crazy again. All right.
0: Well, what's interesting about it is, like, you kind of, like, in the first 30, 40 minutes, you feel bad for this doll because he's, like, he's learning things, but he's not learning the right things, and people are, like, being mean to him and shit because he's, like, he's kind of stupid. And you really, and just the way they shoot it You're like meant to feel kind of sorry for this doll But he sees this kid going through all this shit And when the kid gets some friends And he, uh, they all sit around Watching Texas Chainsaw Massacre 2 Oddly enough With a lot of footage from Texas Chainsaw Massacre 2 Thrown in the movie out of sequence Which is a pet peeve of mine But whatever um, Chucky gets the idea Well, Well murder makes him happy So I'll start murdering people um, so it's a completely kind of weird thing there But all that stuff actually does work fairly well I think it was kind of written well Although Aubrey Plaza is the mom She is not a mother But once the murders so I. Like really start about You know, about halfway through Holy shit does it not make any sense Whatsoever of what's going on Because like The two major murders in the film And they're, they're fairly gory and violent But it's like this Rube Goldberg Murder style, and I don't know why. Like the director just went. I don't know. I just I thought this would be an interesting death. This makes no fucking sense whatsoever. Because like um, the so fa- would you say that it's not a slasher any anymore? No, it's a, it's kind of a slasher film, but like okay. Um, the first murder and spoilers is the mom's shithead boyfriend. And it turns out he has a family, and he's been lying, you know. He's been cheating on his wife with Aubrey Plaza and all this shit. But he goes to his house. First time he's to his house, and it's covered in Christmas lights. And then all of a sudden, he goes home. It's like, ah, oh, damn wife making me take down these Christmas lights. Was it Christmas recently? No one ever brought up Christmas before this moment. And all of a sudden, we're just taking down Christmas lights. There's a watermelon patch. I, all right, and now At like the lost back me. of his house. And and the other murder is, um... But wait, are the watermelons growing?
1: Yes. Is it Christmas weather? Is it cold? It's to facilitate this
0: next angle that they do after um, Chucky kills the dude.
1: But watermelons don't grow. We'll
0: we'll get into the spoilers part. Um, More spoilers, because when the kid wakes up, Chucky has given him a gift, which is a watermelon with that dude's face like fucking nailed into it. Like with a bow on top. See, I, I did something nice for you, Andy. And then the kid has this like, weird comedy scene where he has to get rid of this watermelon with a human face stretched across it. It's like, what the fuck is going on? And not only, and there's another murder that's similarly kind of bizarre because we got to, for some reason, the guy's got to stand on top of a table saw so he can fall on it. And the way he gets up there is like ridiculous. It's like, this doesn't even make any sense. You just had weird concepts like saw like almost trap concepts of, uh, concepts of how to get these murders to happen it makes no sense to the story itself and not only that like there's a lot of ai like everything is connected by bluetooth so it's almost like a little bit more in the future where everybody's got this ai in their house so there's a self-driving car that picks this lady up at her apartment that chucky's going to fuck with cuz he uses like weird bluetooth control and there's not been one mention of self-driving cars before this in the movie um all of a sudden there's like weird devices Everywhere that he can fuck with now that we've Introduced it he fucks with the the Bluetooth stuff so it's just like Where is all this coming from What, what a self driving car There's been no mention of this before Until now and Then the end it's, it's Almost like they ran out of money because there's a whole de- de- Like department store Slaughter scene that's getting ready to come Where there's a bunch of new good guy dolls coming Out and Chucky's going to have control over them through his Bluetooth and there's like two there's like a scene of two of them but there's like an army of these things and you only get two of them because I guess they didn't have any special effects money and then the ending is just not really um, not gratifying at all how they eventually because when there's no like screaming serial killer in the doll who gives a fuck it's just a dumb robot I don't know Overall I didn't think It was a terrible movie I didn't hate it I liked that they did Something completely Different from it But I would have liked Them to do even more Different things I would have like Stripped the concept Of Chucky Down and not even use that. I would just use, like, a sleek little robot that looked like a Funko Pop.
1: Would I would have avoided that just considerably. Like, uh, altogether, just avoid the robot angle and go back to the roots of this. Take a, a possessed object and a serial killer I would have focused on. Because to me, that's some of the the more interesting stuff. And then, you know, because you have this, the... the also, Chucky series that's still going on, countering this at the same time, where I, a lot of people, people
0: hate it. fuck with the canon of that at all? I can tell you that right now. Well, I'm, people but, are going. Where's this going to go? There's two different child's play products going on. It's like not really because this has nothing to do with Chucky or any of that shit at all, really.
1: But um, even you know, bringing in now, like the last movie, even though Brad, I might even it might not even be the last movie anymore. But they brought on Brad Duroff to you know, do scenes as Charles Lee Ray and extend and move more into that character. And I like that I think it's refreshing And it's You know You still have got the doll And it's still ridiculous And it's still A John Waters-ish atmosphere But there's A lot of different layers And levels to it When you just Alright, it's a robot I, I can, I've can i seen Terminator and Terminator 2 And Terminator Salvation and Terminator Like I, I've seen a lot of robot movies I've seen Blade Runner, man, I've seen Alien I don't need any more crazy fucking alien movies They could have pushed
0: it a little bit harder Into the I feel sorry for this But then that just kind of gets abandoned It's just like halfway well, through I the movie just... they abandon everything And then just go for We're going to make it crazy now And they don't even make it that crazy
1: yeah, but even then if I want to go watch a sad robot movie, I'll go watch that Haley Joe Osman movie or that one with Robin Williams. I mean, there's sad robot movies. I it, it, I just don't think another killer robots necessary. Like I, and what's what could have been cool is focusing on technology and the technology boom, but that's even dated. Like something like Bluetooth in 2025 is this movie going to be laughed at because it's so dated by oh, using this technology? Yes, I mean you're just initially at that point making a product to make it hip to whomever is using the product.
0: But I liked it fine enough. It was okay. I would give it maybe three stars out of five. It's That's a above generous rating. rating. It's fairly generous for me. I wouldn't call it, but I would say it's a little bit better than average of an average remake. If you had taken the
1: word child's play off of it. I probably liked it even more. Uh, I guess just to rate Freaks, it's a classic, and it's by Todd Browning. It's five. Yeah, five out of five, it's obviously. Five. But if there's a stickler out there that uh, messages us late at night like they have before with... You didn't actually review Brick. What was your rating for Brick? Freaks is, uh, is a five, okay? It's a five. Can we move on, guys? It's five. It's That's an obvious answer. <laughs> so, a Death by DVD double feature, yeah! yeah. Sound effects. sound effect, sound effect, sound effect. Well...
0: I don't, it's it is a double feature, but god damn, it's a double feature with well, you know, a warm bathtub and some razor blades. This is not yeah. a feature that's fun or is going to well, get you hyped and excited.
1: It depends on the type of person you are. You know, if you're if you're very much into history or the occult, you'll have a blast. If you're easily depressed or religious or offended by nudity um, or anything, I, I don't even just want to say nudity. If you're easily offended or, or religious in any manner, whether you know, Muslim, Christian, Jewish, probably one of these movies might, you know, get under your skin a little bit. It seems to have pissed quite a lot of people off and continues to to this day. Many people disagree with one of these movies. And uh, still, the uh, one of the other films we've picked... I think largely a lot of people misunderstood, and, you know, despite it being modern, I think it really disappointed audiences because it wasn't violent, maybe, or because it was in an older language that, I don't know, Americans are stupid, let's throw that out there, they don't understand First, fucking English about, like, that well.
0: <laughs> what a, a super genius I am. Um, Wiley the Coyote super genius because we were talking about like what can we do for a double feature episode and I literally pulled this out of my ass yeah. I had it, one
1: part and it, you it had the other it went
0: together so fucking well
1: it went together so well in fact we had to take a week off to really take and this <laughs> I gotta phone up
0: I gotta <laughs> phone up on this
1: quite remarkable the first time in Death by DVD history both of us ha- and we've seen these movies we know exactly what we're talking about I guess we can unveil the double feature we're talking about Ken Russell's The Devils and Rob Bobby Eggman's—that's what I'm calling him tonight. Oh, Bobby, Bobby Eggman. What? Bobby Eggman's oh, the witch. Eggman. The witch. Yeah, the the witch, as some the people witch. call it. The title of this movie seems to confuse a lot of folks out there. It's just the witch. It's it's a stylized version of how the word or the letter W appeared in the 17th century. Get over it. It's not a thing. You don't have to type it with two V's. We probably will in the write-up, but hey, it's fun.
0: <laughs> yeah. So. Um... Major component here between both of these movies is religion is kind of fun.
1: I don't think we uh, uh, like when we when we announced when we both when you agreed that we were going to do this. Not so much announced. I think we walked away with like yeah this will be pretty good. Both of these movies are kind of about religion, and then the next day equally came back to each other with we're hold on a second. We've uncovered some threat here. There's yeah. actual threat. Uh-oh. This isn't like uh, sit down with your buddies and get a six-pack double feature. And that's what we were shooting for, just something fun and brief and to the point. And this is going to get... This. <laughs> I
0: picked the fucking devils <laughs> yeah, <laughs> like an idiot. Yeah,
1: so... It's just a I bacon. Let's get some brewskis, man, and we'll watch the devils. It's hot. Yeah. Want well, to sit down, smoke some pot, get some Bud Lights, watch uh, Ken Russell's The Devils? I got the rated X version. Would you like to see somebody fuck themselves with a bone? There's, yeah. <laughs> and we... we <laughs> I say that so eloquently, but we are going to touch upon a lot of historical stuff. And uh, you and I are both super geniuses, I'd say. But we might get some facts wrong here and there with names. I'll
0: leave the history up to you because I don't know shit. I'm just going with the film.
1: Uh, well, I'm the very, so. I'm very good with one and, and not the other. And uh, I think the most important thing is is what you just said. We're here to talk about these two movies. So if I get a provenance in France wrong, go fuck yourself. Okay? Don't don't email me about that one.
0: I will email about you and tell you how disappointed I have been you, Hank. You were supposed to be my history guy. Come on, be that guy. I guess the general thesis here is we're both both of these films are films where religion gets in the way of the natural order of life at times and also ill religion can be something that can uplift you if you hold it correctly in your heart and religion can also be something that dooms you and destroys your city your family several
1: different things so I mean that's, that's too, God. the idea we're working with Heavily the political nature behind religion, uh, not so much an assault on religion. In this essence, Christianity, um, the the Calvinists and the Catholics, and two different rites in, in these two films. Though uh, Huguenots appear in the Catholic film, so I guess you do have some appearance. But whatever, that's, that's yeah. It's well, that's that's the 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 French protestants or the, the huguenots but the politics behind these things that religion isn't inherently wrong the the love of anything isn't inherently wrong and the following the it's used is what's wrong more than anything That's Yeah, the, the core followings and teachings of christ are somewhat lovely if you sit down and pay attention to them and the ten commandments hey they're not that bad they're pretty okay rules. Oh, stop them. Stop yeah we're, we're dumb don't kill people. That's a good one. You know, don't steal shit from your neighbors. That's a good one. Be respectful. That's, you know, neither here nor honor my there.
0: Honor father and mother. Eh, when do they deserve it? That's the real question.
1: Yeah, you can't just honor somebody because it's a title. They have to actually earn it, deserve it. But that also ties into what I'm saying with politics, that when these two things become intertwined and mingle together, religion and politics, it becomes quite dreadful, and it's always about power. And... When you come in the way of power, whether religiously or politically, you will be smited one way or the other, because if you are part of the small percentage, no matter what that is, or I don't want to put it into modern terms, but if you're more of the left, there will always be a percentage, especially when it deals with things like nationalism, that will destroy you simply because you stand for something differently or believe in something differently because it doesn't fit polit- political ideology, which can be used always against you. Anything you might have said or done or thought that doesn't don't fit inside inside of a specific square will be used against you. So the per- persecution, politically and religiously, tie in heavily into both of these films because one deals deeply with self religious persecution, as to where the other one is political persecution masked as a religious experience to the point that this person, if they were tried for political persecution, wouldn't have been found guilty whatsoever. They wouldn't have been killed whatsoever. And call them a witch, then. Fuck it. There's a loophole. So, religion has quite a few problems historically because it's tied into some of the most dreadful disasters of all times. I mean, uh, even it's one the Holocaust.
0: Of the that's lifted us out of the dark ages, but it's also one of the things that has let us not escape the dark ages all at the same time because when you bring in people and they corrupt it, And they use it for their own means. And sometimes, as you brought up in the case of the witch, um, the character in that he's so religious to a fault. He's cut his own nose off despite his Uh, face. Basically, uh, what I love life up because of his religion. Because not to waver in his religion at all. This is what I believe, and go fuck yourself. I'm not changing any of it. Well, that's a problem
1: yeah this guy's like an extremist Calvinist that came over to the Massachusetts colony and was so religious that they left England but was still so deeply religious that his own people told him to leave, because there were two types of pilgrims that you had the hardcore separatists that did not want to be a part of the church whatsoever. They wanted to start something all new. And then you had people that just wanted their freedom but still were part of the church. And the Massachusetts colony were people that still were, you know, part of the church but we're starting you know the the brave new world and coming out for them as to where he should have been in the like Salem colony where the witch hunt happened but that's what makes the movie unique is he leaves this area, he's you know he he's not even so much kicked out, and this was where the movie The Witch begins, is sort of with this mock, not even a trial. He's pretty much being told by his peers, Why, you're being, no. yeah, you're being <laughs> accused of being a dick, and you need a major dose of chillage. We get it. You love Jesus. We love Jesus. We all love Jesus. Chill the fuck out, bro. And he says, not nah, like you guys. You, I'm really into Jesus more, so I'm gonna take my family and, uh, assumingly, go to like Eastern New Hampshire and start their own farm where they have already pretty much condemned themselves from the Christ-like teaching of, of God. Or not God, Christ-like teachings of Christ. Well, I mean, if you're a Catholic, I guess it's the Trinity. They're all the same thing. But again, <laughs> we're getting too deep there. But just the teachings of the Bible itself, love thy brother, and all these simple things that you'd think a group of people, peaceful people that believe in this hippie that walked through the desert and taught love and people to accept each other would be into, but he definitely wasn't and yeah, kind a piece of damns of himself.
0: himself with sticks. Yeah, He's the religious fervor guy who's just like, no, the only thing... I,
1: I'm more concerned Which, about
0: being pious than I am about following the actual I concept feel, of what this religion's teaching.
1: I might be reading a bit too much into the movie, but I feel that this uh, opening, especially when they traverse and they find... The, the future home where they build their farm, they're all on their knees praying and there's these horseflies and gnats and it's just, you know, kind of like a medieval horror with the fly scene and just how horrific it is and that's sort of where the not so much pact but the dealings with darker entities start because I don't want to like point at a certain religion but like one of the biggest things with Catholics that is a sin that you shouldn't do is ignore Christ's love or condemn Christ's love. So by condemning his family's safety and well-being and the brotherhood and the love and the unity of where they had formerly been at the plantation, he has strayed away from the love of God, and they go to this location where it's swarming with flies and dismal and dark and their crops won't grow because he's strewn away from God's love, and the dealings slowly begin to get darker and you start— realizing, you know, there is a witch, there is a horror atmosphere, there is a quite dreadful... Yeah, there is a dreadful aspect to this movie that this is not. I mean, because you have this uh, glimpse at the beginning of is this really happening? Is this a horror movie or is this one of those psychological things that it's all in someone's head and it quickly transgresses and You you realize, like this is a horror film. This is a scary movie, and it goes
0: killed that baby. (laughs) Yes, and mashed it up and painted her body with it.
1: There is no imagination here. The witch is real. Thomason was not a witch from the start. You can believe what you want to, but that's not what happens in the movie.
0: I, I don't understand that. Because to me It's very obvious That Black Phillip Since the beginning Of the film Has been after her He's been trying To wear her Entire family down And push her And like basically get her excommunicated from her family so he can have her for himself and fuck the rest of these guys. Let's just get them out of the way. And I don't understand well, why was well, a witch the whole time. Was she? No. That's, why'd she sign the book? Why'd she sign her soul to the devil? What, what are you talking about?
1: Yeah, even before that, just to note, when Thomason and the twins are locked inside the stable with Black Phillip while their father is trying to decide what is going on... She asks them, does he talk? Does he really talk? And no one speaks. They say nothing. It's just an awkward moment of silence. It's a really, really beautiful shot. And this movie's. Speaking oh, of it, how it looks. What's yeah.
0: amazing about The Witch to me is how flat it is. It's still very flat. It doesn't use a lot of contrast. There's not a lot of color. It's very bleak. It's very... Well, you have uh, to, you have to believe. It's beautiful and still flat at the same time, which is a hard thing to pull off, a very hard thing for you to be able to make it engaging and, like, theatric... Shooting it so flat like that, but it's completely done on purpose, and it's amazing
1: for that reason. Yeah, you have to believe in what you're watching, and you can, you know, an average horror movie or an average slasher film doesn't really have an atmosphere. And there's something just really unique about the way the witch looks, and almost I don't want to say bland, but how bland is there the atmosphere a scene is
0: with sun. Is there one shot of with sun in it at all? Because I don't think it is. It's all overcast. It's all very gray. It's
1: I think only, gray. you know, the real light uh, scenes are from windows. And, uh, like, one specific shot when um, Jonah is... You know, in his death throes, it's very bright outside, but the rest of the room is only starkly lit with candles. And that was actually filmed in, I think, an abandoned lumber yard. They just built this set. So that was one of the few scenes that actually had lighting on the outside. But the majority of these shots were all candle lit. So, I mean, there's one or two candles in the scene, but off scene, there's 40, 50. And they really use natural lighting to give you the atmosphere and environment and it's just so unique that even like when uh, they're on their knees for the beginning of the movie and they're talking about how they can't go looking for the baby if you've been in a cornfield if you've been in, in in any environment that has cows or cattle toward autumn you know that smell of fucking cow shit and corn and that mixture and that scene you can smell it in the mist in the morning it's just unique to its own sensorial environment watching the witch as an experience just to watch something beautiful is is beautiful I mean that's there's no other words to say it outside of that it's just very enjoyable and pleasurable to watch
0: and it's a different take I mean where this director has eventually gone and haven't seen The Lighthouse yet but for him to be this strongly pushed in a direction to where like I'm going to shoot my next movie on 16 millimeter, and it's going to be in black and white. That is a bold fucking move for your sophomore movie. And it's obvious that he has an aesthetic he's going for. He's going for a feel with how he shoots his movies. I think the stories are almost very incidental. I think he's fascinated also by turn-of-the-century history more than anything. And like The Lighthouse, uh, not knowing anything about it, looks fucking terrifying with, like, just two actors in it and a bunch of weird shit. And it looks terrifying just because of, like, it feels like the environment. Willem Dafoe is that character. He is not acting in that trailer, at least, from what I can tell. He's fully immersed in this. And I think Eggers is just very much... Entranced by that time period and of belief and mysticism and where people's heads were
1: at, like pre technology, more than anything. Kate Dickey that plays Catherine in The Witch actually said that she was just completely forgot while filming that this was Robert's first film. That it was just bizarre that this was this guy's first film that it did not feel that way whatsoever as he did things. And if you listen to the man talk or read anything about his uh, work environment and how he does things, it just seems like nothing but rave reviews. He had a really great cast with The Witch too. I mean, uh, Harvey Scrimshaw has uh, probably the, my favorite performance. He plays Caleb and just that kid acted his ass off. Um, that too kid- Jonas. Jonas, Jonas is, um, awesome. Lucas Dawson has probably the greatest voice in this hemisphere. I don't know about everyone. There could be some Chinese guy with a really strong voice out there, but that man has one. Hell of a voice. And he also, did he survive the hurricane heist? Uh, no, he did
0: not. He not didn't, the hurricane
1: heist. He didn't live through with the hurricane heist. <laughs> what That's, a reference. Yeah. Uh, <laughs> what a shame Lucas Dawson didn't survive that. I'm sorry. <laughs> yeah. happened to you? <laughs> I apologize. A moment, a moment I obviously have never forgotten. Like <laughs> <'Cause> <could,
0: laughs> <laughs> a. Making and watching an hurricane hides. Woo! Yeah. Liked.
1: We have lived very wildly and very, very. De- we have we lived deliciously. <laughs> yes, yes. I would like would a dress. Would yeah. you like butter? <laughs> All of these things too. One thing that um, I guess getting back on point, like that last speech. Everything in this movie was ridiculously historically accurate. That Robert Egerton, Bobby Eggman, Eggerts, Egerton, Bobby Eggman is what I like to call him. If, if the audience didn't catch that at the beginning, Bobby Eggman.
0: History is right on. Your name still sucking dick.
1: Yeah, I, I just I don't know. There's part of my brain that's missing. I'm I'm convinced, but Your he. Well, he came up with the idea to do a movie about, you know, a a witch and realized, if I'm going to do this, I need to do this the right way, which is a great attitude for your first movie. Any future filmmakers out there, if you're going to do it, do it the right way. Maybe give that a try. Probably the thing that, like, fucked
0: the witch up more than anything when it was released was reviews and how it was advertised because it's the most frightening movie of the last 20 years. Okay, that's a tall fucking order. I know that's like... they use an hereditary
1: did that uh, midsummer again has done that right. you know it's... you should have known you're going to piss people off it's not a frightening movie
0: at all it's just it's like insanely depressing i find them a depressing the film
1: There's several very, very horrifying scenes to me that uh, we'll get to in a minute. But what I really appreciate behind this is that somebody came up with an idea. And, you know, when you pay attention to the detail to this movie, there's maybe two things that are not historically accurate that are so minute that it's just it doesn't matter. I'll lay one on you. The dog. The dog is not the correct type of dog that they would have the goat neither. The goat's not the correct type of goat. Do you fucking That's care? Some nitpicky yeah. bullshit. When you look <laughs> at the movie and see that it actually is thatched, hand-built, not from a hardware store actual wood that they built these hutches and, and houses in, it's just insane the amount of detail and then alone the dialogue that the, the these actors together as a collaboration is just outstanding. All of these people together were just so dynamic as a force, and them just, their, their grasp of the English language is far greater than I will ever have, you know, it's it's amazing.
0: And, like, I think casting was a big deal with this movie, because as I was watching it again, like, was it Anna Taylor, is that her name, Anna Taylor-Joy? I think it's Anya Taylor-Joy. She's praying in this scene, and there's, uh, like, a nice tight close to her face, and I realized you have the biggest eyes I've ever seen on a person in my life. They're fucking
1: huge. She looks like big
0: white eyes.
1: She looks like an angelic portrait from like French Renaissance paintings. She looks almost unreal and it's somewhat devastating and I I, I don't remember where I heard it but um, she was specifically hired because the director didn't feel she could ever actually be a Puritan that she just could not ever be a Puritan, so she was perfect for Thomason. And I find that funny because she just is so angelic. And so by the end of the movie, when she makes this ultimate pact with the devil, it's, it, it's got more artistic beauty than I think it's set out to have in that notion of, like, the Faustian deal of we don't know what's going to go wrong with her deal with the devil, but to this point, it is delicious. And it just was. It is savory. It's savory. It's very savory. Say it one more it has, time. It
0: almost has, like, a very pro-religious message at the same time being a very negative religious message as well
1: any- you know what it, it, lenny bruce said this he said people every day are straying away from the church and going back to god and this movie has that kind of atmosphere as does the devils that it's people strictly straying away from the church and going back to god but in this essence his fight to go back to god literally brought him to his maker you know and yeah because it's like if he would have
0: just, like, lightened up a bit, none of this would have ever happened to this family. And, like, you've pushed so hard in the direction of religion and God, and more specifically, the church, not even so much actual just belief in
1: yeah, It's not an appeasal of your Lord. You know, it's and like, well, even the prayers that they go throughout the movie, they're, they're begging for Christ's love and their approval, not the acceptance and the love inside of you, which that's what the whole teachings of Christ were, is to let this love inside of you, not for approval or, or somebody to, you know, bless you and give you communion, but for you to accept this righteous feeling and treat other people this way, not to be pious. Being pious you, is almost the point, you know, against it. If you go into modern religion and how it relates to politics and everything
0: else, how often do you see in the news that mega church pastor... Gets in trouble for this. It's like the more you try to push yourself in this.
1: The internet literally shames that mega church dick to open his doors during a hurricane that this guy. It's, it's, yeah, the and people had to meme him to death to get him to open his church's doors because he's that pious. And people okay. don't think that's a problem. And then, like, same reference to the devils in this way is just the more you push into
0: this whole church and the ceremony and into all these little specific things, the further you are getting away from the idea of God, the more you're going towards evil, the devil, whatever the fuck you want to call it. Because, like, most fundamentalist Christians, if you ask them, they're not about love. They like oh homosexuality is a sin, so fuck them. I don't hate them. I hate the sin, but I will keep them from having any rights. I have a gay in.
1: friend. I I know some gays. They're all right. They're you know. I'm I pray for him them every day. Oh go yeah. fuck yourself. He doesn't need your fucking prayers. That's not what the the whole point of that Jesus dude was about. But Love something... everyone, not just the ones you choose to because you find something they do. Oh I don't know. That's weird. Go fuck yourself. Well there's them. a. There's a delightful scene of contrast in The Devils that I think is probably one of the greatest scenes uh, in any movie ever made that we'll get to a little bit later, but I'll I'll reference now, where there's, as it's called by Ken Russell himself, the Rape of Christ sequence. And while this is happening, it's counteracting with the lead character played by Oliver Reed on the roadside, um, almost... Christ-like himself, one alone with nature and his thoughts, delivers himself communion with a humble piece of bread, while this atrocity, uh, this just act of heresy happens, this display of heresy happens, and these things... It's ultimately raping the church, though. It's not this one singular priest. It's the church itself.
0: They're literally raping Jesus in the film. The yeah. nuns are in this fervor because of uh, the direction the church has pushed them, in the same, being so uncomfortable with their, um, their sinful nature in their own heads, and the ideas they have go in their heads that
1: which like to give a comparison to something in modern times people hopefully will remember just a few years ago uh, President Barack Obama was assaulted almost constantly with he, you're not an American you're not from America you're from Kenya you're from Africa you're African there was a whole movement called the birthers that just stood and righteously assaulted and, and threw insults and called this man an alien and all these awful things just I, because he, he was in power and I yeah. don't like
0: that I don't like he, a black man having power over me at all.
1: So, but so if he'd have just been, you know, uh, even a vice president, even just a senator, would there have even been this if much? If it was from Norway, if he could possibly could have been a citizen
0: of Norway and not America, would have been the same thing. No, it's Kenya, it's Africa.
1: If he'd you know. have been a white man, would it have been different? How about Ted Cruz or John McCain? Both men were not born in the United States. I mean, sure, military bases, I guess, are technically U.S. soils. But if you really want to argue things, I mean, let's look at our first. First President George Washington, where it should have been Alexander Hamilton, who stepped down because he was born on the Jamaican colony and believed so much in the Declaration of Fucking Independence that they wrote, he didn't want to break his own rules. That's kind of what, like... The whole system stands for. So at that point, you have like a very earnest system, discussing our founding fathers. Though we could deeply get into them, that's a different story and point, because that time of the United States was still just as much as corrupt and vile and evil as it is now. And what's unique about both of these stories, The Witch and the Devils, is their time period pieces. Uh, The Devils takes place in the 1630s, and The Witch takes place in I don't know, the 17-ish hundred time periods. I don't know, probably, actually, probably around more of the, the later 1600s, early 1700s. I don't want to give a date to it. I don't know. I, I didn't pay that much attention. But uh, old timey periods. But the things that specifically happen in the movie are almost timeless. That They've happened before, they'll happen again, they're happening right now. It might not be at a religious angle or a religious standpoint, but if you look at these movies at their core and what they're about, which is the vile nature of humanity and corruption and people's corruption through their own beliefs and fever of such, uh, it happens constantly, always, forever. Every every scandal is the exact same thing at, at its core that these movies stand for. And it's just both the directors made a piece that is just timeless, really, in that essence. The devils I obviously prefer, and we'll talk, you know, we'll get into that more Well, I mean, later. with all for Reed's character in The Devils, say it, Hank. Urbain Grandier.
0: Father yeah, Urbain
1: yes, Grandier.
0: Well, well, technically, like, he's incredibly religious, but he doesn't follow every bit of church doctrine. And what really gets him in trouble more than anything, other than, like, what's going on with the state right now and how they're trying to corrupt the city and control it completely, is, like... A group of nuns, specifically one nun, who lusts after him, and that's what he's never met. It's nothing he's really even done himself.
1: He's never met this woman. He's never experienced her whatsoever. And, And mind you, the witch is a story of fiction based based on truthful accounts. The devil's is entirely realistic. This is this happened, and Ken Russell, in his own words, shot this. As he imagined when he read the Aldous Huxley books, The Devils of Ludon, which this is based on partly, and it's also based on a play called The Devils of Ludon, uh, who I unfortunately forget who wrote that, uh, which sucks, but uh, he shot it as realistically as humanly possible. So from clothing, to language, to dialogue, to the settings, to the surroundings, to the behavior of the people, down to makeup, like some people find it ridiculous that all the women have these brash white, you know, Joaquin Phoenix Joker face paints on with green lips. No, that's what, how women wore makeup. That's what people looked like. The movie is a timepiece and it's very flattering to its time period. It shows it very—it's
0: sad. If you were affluent at the time, like, if you want to get into what makes a woman in gender theory, um, most of the men, especially if they were rich— were very feminine dressed. They wore makeup, they wore very feminine outfits, they had long hair. Um, so don't try to They're come angelic. at me with well I mean it's just gender has nothing to do like this, I don't know. I don't really want to get into gender theory right now, but <laughs> it's basically well, I like think people's this is an explanation is the... of what like just because something is Feminine to you in this part point in history, something that was it was very considered very masculine back then. So, it, gender's an always fluid thing, and it always has been a very fluid thing.
1: I think most people's problem is just attempting to tear apart Ken Russell's work with what they don't like. Of, you know, this is ridiculous. This is ludicrous. This, this doesn't look like a 16th century place. Yes, it does, because when you look at these buildings and you see them in most movies, they're shown in ruins and with moss growing over them. This city is new. It's white, and they're proud of it, and they're proud of their big white new bricks. They're proud of the city, so it was displayed that way, and it was given such a brash design, not only to catch your eye, but to show you this is what he wants to defend. It's not just... The teaching of Christ, but it's just uh, even diplomacy. That this man, Urban Grandier, who was just a priest, he was given uh, leadership of this town upon the death of its governor, who died of plague. And most of the town was affected. I think 25% of the town actually died and suffered of the plague during this time period. During the same time, um, a guy named Cardinal Richelieu, who worked for, I can't remember which Louis it is, but one of the many King Louis, the Fontalroy of all the Louis, the Sun King, I don't think it was the Sun King. I think that's the next one. That doesn't matter either. But this guy, Cardinal Richelieu, is determined to tear down all of these independent towns because... Huguenots, Catholic or Protestant Frenchmen live there and you have to unify France with only Catholics so they got to get rid of these people. This priest, Grandier, who's been given control of the town wants the people to realize if they tear these walls down we lose our freedom. This isn't about keeping them out. It's not this barrier of races. I've seen a lot of people compare this movie to Donald Trump and the right wing. It's not about keeping out evil forces. It's about letting our own governorship still rely and we've been a town and a community and we've loved each other and been with each other, we don't need an outside force. Catholics and Protestants have been friends inside this town. Why do you need the the government to tell you to hate each other? You don't hate each other when you buy bread from the baker, so you don't need to hate each other. And our walls, if they tear them down, you're going to hate each other. And that's essentially what happens. It's an exercise of futility and absolute bitter hatred. It's sad, but also I find it, somewhat hysterical. The end of the movie to me is so dreadfully funny. It's hurtful. It's very hurtful, but it's kind of funny.
0: And it's it's very... Dark ending because through all of this, uh, this nonsense, Vanessa Redgrave
1: fucks herself with a bone. It's pretty, pretty not funny, but I laughed.
0: I mean, she's just so like um, towards the end when they're uh, he's gone through his trial and he's going through his punishment. He gets left and he's meant to uh, talk to the person who accused him and pretty much beg for forgiveness. And she basically just says, "Give me a little bit. Tell me I'm fucking beautiful. Tell me you want me." and so one thing that she's wanted pretty much the whole movie and he pretty much I mean tells her to fuck off he tells her look at
1: this man that I am and love me. And then
0: she calls him a fucking a devil after that because, she, I mean, her own sexuality is so repugnant to her that it's just, I, I can't believe that this is just me, that, that I am a human being with thoughts, feelings, and emotions. I'm supposed to be married to God, and I, I lust after this man. Well, and even funny. after we she's kind of... gone, she still lusts after him and, like, masturbates with his, like, his scorched
1: bone. Well, we're kind of, uh, I guess... Uh, Drafted over what all that is even about Because there's this big political nature of this man Who, uh, it's not that he's just kind of like A hippie, different type of priest He's impregnated a woman who he obviously can't bear up to the child, and her father has some sort of power and goes to this guy, Lord de Baltimore, played by the fucking amazing Dudley Sutton. This guy, this is one of the greatest performances of Dudley Sutton's career, but this guy himself just has a, an amazing character actor's face. He never seems to truly smile throughout the entirety of the movie, but has this... I don't know, mean-spirited smirk on him the entire time. And it's just, he's more devilish in the sense of what, you know, a 17th and 16th century depictions of the devil would be than anything else. You know, all in black with the big spurs and um, very and gray. What and we've,
0: we've discussed is that
1: the people well, where I was who are considered whole, um, the most religious...
0: Are the ones who are the most pushed into the darkness of, of getting what they want. And there's at and like highly sought after to be these great religious icons, and they're just shit. And this very well, flawful angle is just so much
1: more religious. Well, the angle in meeting of all these people is, you know, Baron de Baltimore, uh, Baron de Labatama is sent to pretty much perform an inquisition. He, he wants these walls to come down. Cardinal Richelieu wants these walls to come down. The king says no. So they have to figure out an angle to assault this guy. And happily enough, at the same time, the head of the local Ursuline chapter of sisters, uh, Sister Jean of the Angels, has had this you know covetous crush on this man just simply from hearing about him. They were a sisterhood that was kind of enforced inside their own building. They weren't really allowed to leave. They were separatists from the world that these nuns weren't allowed to venture out or work with the clergy. They simply got confessionals. And that's what they had begged um, Grandier to do is to become their confession. He declined. He had other things to do because he had... Committed probably an ultimate sin as a priest He fell in love with somebody It was a woman who was a caretaker of the sick With the plague and he saw absolution in her He saw divinity and true love And wanted to embrace that true love And show her that So he married her This sister that found out who was obsessed with him Turned to another priest of uh, Canon Mignon played by the awesome Murray Melvin And told him he, No he, he's got a, a devils Devils come in my room at night and fuck me with Father Grandier It's awful he's a devil we got to nail this guy. So this political inquisition is happening at the same time, and now they have enough motive to turn against him. Unfortunately, Grandier at the same time had written a statement against uh, Cardinal Richelieu, which he took very personal and used it as an excuse to go deeply against him. And uh, Grandier was also a and At that time, they weren't just priests. I mean, they're not essentially priests now. They're still very different, and they have a whole different thing. But they were trained more or less in a... A military mindset but they were also exposed to philosophy and psychology and a lot of different more hip things so as a human being grandier acknowledged love he realized that you know even biblical teachings man should have a woman and and all that fun jazz he committed to this act and it was just enough for them to call him a heretic just enough for them to make it believable that he was a witch
0: broke out from the system a little bit did you read Um, I, I think probably the thing we should probably take away most from the devils is you can use an alligator as a bludgeon in a sword fight That's the weirdest scene in
1: the movie, to me personally. You cannot use it to cure plague. The movie does have very, like... I mean, what I find funny in it is traditionally horrifying and not funny, but there are some odd light moments of humor. Along with The Witch, there are... Both movies have weird, soft points. Like, even in The Witch, where... um, the two kids are out looking for food and they're on the horse and they're reminiscing about England and she's trying to, Thomason's trying to tell him about the windows. Yeah. Yeah, and he does, you know, there's just this light almost warmth to it to where you suddenly forget that, oh yeah, a baby got smashed into mush 20 minutes ago so this chick could fly. Because that's what they do. They take, you have to get an unborn, or not unborn, you have to get an unbaptized baby boy and you you need its guts, it's its intestines, and you make... Yeah, and it's the fat and the guts and you make a pomace out of that and you rub it on your stick because they didn't use brooms. That wasn't until like the 18th century that that became witchery. It was a pole or a a walking staff, a unique stick. You'd rub that all over it and then you'd become beautiful and you could fly. Traditionally was uh, the old European devil...
0: And what's kind of so weird about these two movies together and separate is they're both, like, one is to, uh, it's about treachery and religion and this fervor about witches and demons and devils. And this other one has actual demons and witches and all this shit, but they're both essentially kind of about the same thing, which is... Um, Basically, how religion corrupts and how religion can push. Yeah,
1: at its core.
0: Weird fucking directions.
1: Because essentially, with the witch, if his extreme, and, and people don't like to hear the term Christian extremist, but I think the majority of Great Wars, I mean, would you not consider the uh, the Crusades Christian extremist terrorists? I mean, that's terrorism, to me. Watch
0: some YouTube videos, there are people who are sticking up for them at this point, saying, no, they were threatened. Are you shitting
1: well, me? They were No, threatened. they were trying to fucking invade an entirely <laughs> different place that they didn't come from. That's They were terrorists, you know, uh, the Crusades is terrorism, the Holocaust, uh, uh, to an extent, I'm not going to entirely blame it on religious 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 fanaticism uh, but uh, and the Holocaust is such a I hate that term because I think it needs to be prescribed to certain things because this subject we're talking about somewhat has its own Holocaust that in Europe in this time period, I don't want to say millions, and I should have looked this up as no, there a were just, There were thousands and thousands yeah. of people. There were just a, a mass amount of people that were called witches and persecuted and tortured and burned. And I mean, I'm not trying to lighten what happened in Nazi Germany, but some of the torture compared on a widespread to just like we all know about Auschwitz and Mingla and how awful that was but everyone was being tortured this way if they were caught and charged with heresy and as a witch. And being burned alive is awful in its own sake. So, I mean, this, there was a witch holocaust, pretty much. I mean, it happened, and it happened from Europe all the way to the Americas. And, I mean, we know it as the Salem Witch Trials. And One well, thing a- that I think makes the witch unique is that you think of witchcraft and you think of witches as the spooky green person who a house is going to fall on as to where it was a reality. If you called somebody a witch... That was taken fucking seriously and could ruin an entire family and it could lead to death. It it was devastating. It It wasn't. It was the most convenient
0: way of you getting rid of someone you didn't like. Especially women. And not having to feel bad about it because, no, oh no, I really believe that they were were probably possessed
1: or something. But. And the sake of the devil. Right? Well, you have a man being persecuted, and sex does matter when it comes to the devils. If he wasn't a man, it would have probably been behead her instantly, and there would have been no story to tell. But any woman that had come to power or any woman that might have spoken her mind. She's a witch. So it was a great way to persecute pretty much you know, like incels. Like, well you won't fuck me so I'm gonna shoot you. Ah, that bitch is a witch. Like that's what witch hunters were. They were 17th century incels. Like, now, goody Charlotte didn't suck my dick so she's a witch. Despite I mean, being crude and crass. basically happens on YouTube. A, yeah. You'll see it all goddamn day.
0: Well, I mean well, there's Lucas these... Lucasfilm didn't give me the Star Wars movie I like. Burn that fucking witch. Are you fuck off. Well,
1: even on a more serious level of dealing with like the humanization or the rather dehumanization of women in this modern era, you have these people that feel entitlement, you know, like she dressed provocatively and didn't want to come on to me. So she deserves getting raped. That's outlandish and absolutely ridiculous. No one deserves a goddamn thing. First things fucking last, get that through your head. Nobody deserves shit. But more importantly, where did you cross wires in your head? Were you dropped? Did you not get enough oxygen whilst you were being born? I mean, that's just not—you can't do that. And that's what happened. She's a witch. Now I'm a white male. I'm entitled to these things. I'm very much entitled to, to have these things. With this whole witch holocaust, quote-unquote, who was behind it mostly? White man. uh,
0: Religion. Uh, White dudes tend to uh, fuck shit up. uh, Tend to fuck up a lot of countries over the last, I don't know, a few thousand years or
1: so. One thing that I think is unique, uh, again, tying both of these movies together, is like toward the end of The Witch, you have the father finally breaking down and he does this whole like. I'll lick the crust of the earth And he, he puts all this dirt in his mouth And is choking while he's screaming to Christ To save his children And Grandier, our, our priest He is finally convicted of, of witchcraft He is put a great against the great French court And they find him guilty on all accounts They even remind him greatly That it is not a political trial But he is in deals with the devil They, they produced a fake letter In real life, the real situation uh, Signed by Asmodeus that Grandier and Asmodeus were one in hand, just great, ridiculous stuff against him. And the people all the while didn't, you know, actively thought it was a joke. But what makes the whole thing unique and something that Russell really put into this movie is, as I mentioned earlier, and it's shown at the beginning of the film, most of the town has died of Plague. So these people are incredibly familiar with death to the point that it doesn't really faze them that much. So Grandier, despite the fact of them agreeing with him and saying, he's not guilty, these women are crazy, this is a political hunt, he is not a witch, he's not in a deal with the devil... They treat it like it's a football game because they're so used to death. It's entertainment at this point that their brothers, their sisters, their children have died. It doesn't matter anymore. There's no attachment that they've strown so far away from the love of God that they watch this man get burned to death. And it means nothing. It's just like sports. But yeah, and is it
0: a coincidence that like um, the man that was cast as the exorcist of the um, in the devil's father? His- Bare. Very much like a David Bowie type, that he's this rock star
1: who comes into town and he's just a false all messiah, attention. man. That's yeah, like, I took this like almost like Tommy. That I feel a lot of like some of this influence went over to Tommy, and he had that false messiah. I don't want to compare it to Manson, but you know that Charlie Manson hippie, I'm the new way sort of thing. And uh, the character, it's it's really weird too because Russell swears all of this was period close, that they managed to find accurate things, and oddly all the entire cast somewhat except Murray um, Melvin as Father Mignon fits descriptions pretty well of what these people looked like, but uh, Michael Gothard played Father Barre, and his whole performance, his whole character to me was the new wave, like the neoconservative wave that's coming up and saying we're not like all them right. Yeah, we're not like them. We're different. Worse. Yeah, alt right (laughs) is a far better terminology than because neoconservative gives an implication that they're not that bad, and they are. They are, and they should be feared and hated as mortal enemies, if not otherwise. But um, yeah, Michael Gothard, I actually believe, uh, committed suicide. I don't think someone, I think maybe 20 years after this movie, not connected. I'm sure he was very proud. Yeah, um, I'm, I'm pretty sure he was in fucking Life Force. I might be wrong about the. I, I didn't look it up. We I'm can find possible. out, anyone. We, um, we we can play the Jeopardy theme again, and we can find out. It's possible. I could be completely wrong about that, though. That's We're gonna ask our robot frustrated. assistant. Yes. Um, But overall, like, the
0: way these two movies kind of bleed into each other is someone amazing.
1: Oh, Um, you know what's funny? He was in Life Force, but he also was in The Three Musketeers, which also has Oliver Reed in it, which is also about Cardinal Richelieu. I mean, if you know the story of The Three Musketeers, they're always in clash with Cardinal Richelieu, which is played wonderfully by uh, Charlton Heston. Or no, is he... Chris Lee's in one of those, too, but I think this is uh, the one where Heston's Richelieu. Neither here nor there, but uh, 1973, The Three Musketeers. It's a good movie. It's got Michael York in it. And he was in Life Force. And Life Force, yes. (laughs) Toby Hooper's amazing-ass Life Force. We can talk about that for a minute. The only thing it was like
0: I saw him in this movie and I was like, is he the dude who in Life Force who says, "I've never felt
1: something so sexual in all of my life"? I'm pretty sure he plays that character. I have not seen a character as despicable as Michael Gothard in um, the Devil's as Father Barre. Oh, he no. is one of the most uh, just vile, but it's he's it's beautiful. He's such a great actor and it's it's a great performance. But What's, even down to the point of when they're going to burn him, he throws the cross in his face, then spits on him. So it looks like he cringes instead of kissing him, and it's just these small details that make you feel, I don't know, dead inside.
0: <laughs> well, uh, what's kind of like a very interesting point in The Devils and kind of sums up a good portion of what this movie is about is the scene where the, um, I don't know, the fucking king guy, whatever, <laughs> whoever he is, give me which, my history. Describe
1: him, which one?
0: He's the foppish dude from at the beginning of the uh, the film. Who's Graham the Armitage, lawyer.
1: yeah, it's king yeah. guy. King. Louis, okay. Um, when he shows up in disguise, I think, I, think, disguise. I, think I, I misquoted and said earlier that it was the Sun King. I think it's no. listener this this show will know any difference, so don't worry about I, it. I, I, I will tell you that it's fucking Graham Armitage that played the role. So I didn't. I do know something here and there.
0: But when he shows up in disguise and he brings this religious relic. Um, to cure these nuns of their crazy demonic fervor That they're basically laying, they're pretending They've finally been given part well, Blanche yeah. to act out All well, of their, an their fantasies and their craziness Yes, because They
1: were taken out by fucking Baron de Baltimore And to the woods And were going to be shot and killed with arrows Or you, you're you all possessed, right? Oh, yes, you're all possessed and they're all screaming because they're being threatened with death. You'll do you'll you'll do this. You'll streak naked and show that the devil. So they lure them and tell them what to do. And this is actually a really unique scene because Barre and the uh, Baltimore share this like glance that one's looking down in the pit. And they've got all these archers getting ready to shoot these crazed nuns. They, he says, you know, you, you're going to get naked, you're going to go crazy, you're going to say Urbain Grandier did this, and then he looks so closely and quietly up toward La Baltimore, who's sitting on a horse, and they fucking smile, and that itself, like nothing in the movie says they aren't possessed. You're, you can believe whatever you want to with the, uh, the devils. They'd never clarify. They could have very well been possessed if you choose to see it that way, but there are subtleties throughout the movie that I think display perfectly that this is a political setup, and it's on that level. Yeah. You know. When
0: he brings the relic in, and um, they use it, and all the nuns seem fabulously cured out of nowhere. And then he shows them there was no relic in this box to begin with. Everybody just goes right back to acting. They go right back to the, their rip roll, because as long— I mean, it's really pointing out about religion that it's more than anything. It's a placebo. It's a placebo well, it's, to make you feel better about what's inside of you, because well, as look soon at as some they write the something— is
1: like is curing them. Oh I'm cured. Oh shit, it was fake? Okay, I'm not cured at all then. But well, look at some of the rights and the things that are attached to Christianity specifically. It's all very Show it's all you wear costume jewelry all the time. Look, I got my look. This is my Lord and Savior nailed to a cross. How he horrifically died while he was being laughed at and mocked. And uh, you know, I need you to know. Yeah, check it out. Thanks.
0: Look can't at him be dangling something personal there. within me and uh, something I have found into myself. I need you to know that I'm on your side. That we were we're best. It's, it's like a fucking fraternity sweater. Well, yeah, so look that at your him in his moment around.
1: of pain. Look at Jesus dangling here, suffering for my sins. Exclusively, Did he die for you sins? Are you wearing a cross? Are you part of my club? Did he die for your sins? It's all of this. Even, to, you know, rosaries, necklaces, certain religions have you wear certain headgears. Uh, and it's funny, people attack modernly Islam. I would never wear my hair, bra brah, 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 like every other major religion has. I mean.
0: Well, it, I mean, if you, like, if uh, there are people that I grew up with, actual women, and they could not wear pants. They had to wear a skirt. There was a girl who worked at McDonald's up until a few years ago that always, like, she was the only person there wearing a very long skirt down to her ankles because her church requested you have to always wear a skirt down to your ankles. And it's like, and you got a problem with someone wearing a hijab? It's the same goddamn thing.
1: It's the well, it's same the le- exact thing. Well, this is even where the political aspect ties in again, where people are more concerned with the church or the ever-growing process of the church and the rituals behind things. You know, I go to church on Sunday and I pay taxes. That doesn't fucking mean you're a good Christian, nor does it mean you're a good person. And just because you're a Christian and you uphold and pay your tidings doesn't mean you're a good person either. That's a title that you've bestowed upon yourself. You need to act Christ-like, which might help deliver you to be a good person if you choose to follow that certain belief system. it's just
0: weird because like if you get into a kind of modern religious um iconography you have like okay a burqa apparently is demonic you're just you're an evil goddamn muslim um if you wear a skirt that's at your knees though that's okay if it's three inches above your knee though you're a whore it's just like so, okay so what particular kind of dress will make me pious enough which one of these i, I you won't wear, like i can't wear a full body garb and head scarf and i can't be almost like you know but let's
1: even look at more clothed.
0: Both. No, it's this specifically. It's right in the
1: middle. That is where the things fall, and you should always follow that. It's, I mean, it's nonsense. Well, you've got more quote unquote acceptable Western religions these days, like Judaism and uh, Christianity. These are both more widely acknowledged in the United States, specifically, uh, as religions. You know, people don't really think neither here nor there if they see someone with a Star of David or a cross on, unless you're a Nazi scumfuck, and then you're a Nazi scumfuck. But both of those religions, uh, extremist Catholics you have to wear head garbs most Jewish communities you have several different types of head garbs that are used for prayer and that's somewhat acceptable but when you see someone perhaps from the Middle East or India or a place that you might not know and you judge them upon that appearance what's the difference from your acceptance why do you all of a sudden think Christianity or Judaism is acceptable as to where the Muslims who unfortunately to your belief worship the exact same fucking God why are they any different where is there any difference coming Well, their from
0: religion it? hasn't been reformed, and Christianity got reformed back in the day. Have, like,
1: Do you know how many people died because of the reform? Like Father fucking Urbain Grandier? Well, oh. their
0: form was a whole bunch of more made up nonsense. But if you look, at even, I don't understand how people. Can look into the Bible and uh, we
1: have an Old entire Testament. half of like Christianity because somebody wanted a divorce. Like, there was a break off from the Catholic Church specifically because somebody wanted to get a fucking divorce. That's how vain and pious that all of this can truly be.
0: I mean, okay, you have the Old Testament, which is fire and brimstone, and God is very vengeful. And then all of a sudden, he loves us, and now it's all about peace and enlightenment. You completely change how your religion was about. Well, then Jesus came. Okay, so what you're saying is God made a mistake before the birth of Jesus? No, well, I mean, there's no real answers for any of this stuff. It's just a whole bunch of not looking too deep into it and just... Because basically if you have a New Testament Does that not make the Old Testament Defunct? Some people think so And a lot of people, especially in the South Well, I'm a New Testament Christian Although there are bits and pieces of the Old Testament I like Because it justifies the General hatreds I have for things And that I just find repugnant in my life So I'll pull that out when I need to Out of the Old Testament But mostly I'm new It's just like you're just What's the point in any of this I don't understand why you can't just Believe in God and move on with your fucking life Why do you need that I gotta go to church
1: four nights a week
0: yeah, that's gonna help you get into
1: heaven more. I, it, I just well, just there's even a, the display in The Witch, where the father and son are out hunting together, and and the son becomes you know very upset at the thought of his little brother because you know you're you're born into pure sin, and he struggles with this idea, which is just such a bizarre concept in itself that you know you're born completely in sin and you're horrible and absolutely the most awful thing until you're baptized and pretty much trained by your family and trained in this Christian law. on this young and child now it's is, a redo. Now we're yeah. redoing it because you got baptized,
0: you're
1: fine now. Yeah, you're okay. You're fine after those first four years or whatever. But, you know, now this child is trying to discern whether or not his soul, the soul of his brother, is has been damned eternally to hell and why, how, or why that's happened because it's so unfair. While well, his father says something so simple as, you know, I can't tell you what the Lord's going to do, but what I can tell you is that no matter what, innocence, you know, exists. We exist. We live. I don't know. And he has this moment breaking his almost own puritanical beliefs to have... A comforting moment but it's you know you're betraying your own thought here just to say something comforting which again later comes and happens with the movie where he lies about the silver cup and and the whole apple and orchard thing you know so lying uh and again using the term pious being pious and lying are these two interconnecting things where it just it it seems to inhabit the motion of power that if you're going to be powerful you have to lie and be pious and in both movies like cardinal richelieu and uh, lord de Baltimore, are both pious liars and the father and um, the witch is obviously you know he's a liar and he's pious. He's lied to his wife. He's lied to his children. And he's damned and essentially forsaken them all. And that's when Black Philip comes in. There's uh, there's Freddy. There's Leatherface. There's Jason. There's Michael Myers. And then there's Black Philip. Where's my Black Philip costumes for Halloween? He doesn't need another movie. He doesn't need a series. We're, we're good just with this. Uh, Black Philip origins uh, no i let's, uh, let's push it into
0: the future let's uh, like let's do um like let's do it in 1960 where black philip starts a cult and uh, there's a doll involved and but it's Charles just a Manson, oh my god dude have you ever seen annabelle
1: i've seen annabelle too.
0: annabelle is a giant disaster mess it makes no sense and then they're like solve it in the, uh, the prequel to Annabelle. So, I don't know. It's just like most modern horror films are like this and I just, I, I can't tolerate them.
1: Yeah, what just, is successful so like with The Witch and actually giving it a villain in the shape of Black Phillip is that you're led to really think it's just a goat the entire movie and then you get this really like magnificent unveiling toward the end and nope. I, I really I thought the, the I, I know it's a form of Japanese dancing, I don't quite remember what it's called, but at the end of the movie during The Witch's Sabbath they're performing this, you know, Jap- Japanese, uh, just crazy rhythmic dance. And it was really neat. Uh, Rob had found, he was, I think, like at an airport and was just surfing through YouTube blindly. And I think it's called Binto dancing, or bento dancing, popped up and uh, like on his YouTube. And he watched the video and went, wow, that's going to be the ritual for the end of the movie and managed to find, they shot this, I think, in Nova Scotia. And uh, some scenes were done in Massachusetts, but they managed to find a class of women of multiple ages who are all willing to get naked that were masters of this dance. And at the end of the movie, they're doing this crazy dance. They're actually speaking in Nakian, and they all rise together in this just beautiful, ornate, just. I mean, it's like a, a Goya painting. It's just so beautiful nice reference nice yeah reference. I get I get a good one every now and again um, I'd say
0: like to me the scene where like Black Phillip becomes a devil and she's they there signing her life away and all that um, what it reminded
1: me of the most the most is- expensive thing in the entire movie was the Black Phillip costume and that you don't fucking see it whatsoever. Like a belt uh, apparently stuff. the book, every page, is incredibly uniquely designed. The witch's hovel was apparently, they took days and made this massive, up to, like, everything you could find and read historically about what, quote-unquote, surviving witches' hovels that were found by the witch hunters and the the witch inquisition. They made these immaculate details, and the movie's so dark you don't see any of it yeah, it's, it's kind of weird. but like what that scene reminds
0: me of in the way they tempered the voice and the way it just plays out it reminds me of Scorsese's Last Temptation of Christ anytime the devil pops up as a snake or it, it just has those overtones to me it's very I mystical think that's figured in very hardcore I think it might be a full on reference I, I, I would have to actually talk to Robert Eggers to figure that out but it, it so reminded me of that and it kind of resonates more like even so much more in this scene now for me personally.
1: What I I really enjoyed, I guess, the most was Philip following her as she walked nude into the woods to commence in the Witch's Sabbath that he still, you know, followed and was a protector. That Uh, it has almost... that's all she's been looking for the entire time is someone to love and protect
0: her and she, she gets pushed so far by her pious family that eventually the devil is the only person that she finds comfort and love, actual love in her life.
1: And that's like the understanding of who she is. Well, the reversal with the devils, you have this man who has been a very lustful man, and he's been a very—I don't know—he he's very thought very highly of himself. He's been a, a full of himself, you know, and he has lived very vain. He's a very vain man, and he finds someone that has taught him love and the actual acceptance of Christ, and has made him actually want to commit even more to his teachings and his acceptance of love and walking in that light and the faith of Christ. And because of that, it allows his persecution to happen even more because that's not what a servant of God, quote unquote, does. That you are, you know, without any passion Despite the teachings And Grandier had written Around this time of him falling in love This um, I've not read the entire thing But some of it is played throughout the movie With uh, voiceovers by Oliver Reed This massive piece about Why priests should be allowed to be married And they used that in his heresy case Because they took it as, you know, his love of the devil Which they also presented a letter from Asmodeus Which obviously that wasn't real But he had written They had love letters that they tried him with you know, and they said that it was him seducing these women to join his covenant. And he liked pussy. This priest <laughs> liked surprising. pussy. That's, all, that's That's what he liked. I guess in 1630s France, if you were a priest and you liked pussy, it was a bad idea. And outside of seeing The Devils by uh, by Ken Russell, you definitely should find Alice Huxley's The Devils of Loudon, the story that this all came from, which, again, I can't stress it enough. No matter how fantastical The Devils is, this is a very... Very true story and very close to what happened. And
0: the like the way the devils was made and my, who made the devils is
1: what's going to make
0: the devils live on throughout existence as film history. Is Ken Russell's take on the story and just how he directed it and the directions that he took it. Because even like the um, the fantasy scenes that the nun has, I mean, uh, some of them are particularly.
1: Um, I mean. It's got I such a great it. scene of, of of Oliver Reed as Jesus walking on water, which, fun fact, they actually got Oliver Reed to walk on water for that scene. And it's just, like, fantastical. But what's more interesting is is Ken, in his own words, read this Aldous Huxley book and wrote the script in, like, three weeks. Wrote it very, very quickly because it, it's just—and sometimes this happens with books. And this is a—it's a—, it's a a documentary-style novel, that it was written as a novel, but it is truly things that happen, and that's the style. Because Huxley was a poet, so that's how he tackled this subject matter. But Russell just saw it, so clearly he wrote it. And he happened... I mean, a lot... You can put all the glory on Ken Russell, but everyone involved in this movie, from the uh, produ- production team, the air, the art department especially, the sound department... This has got... like If you like David Lynch-style quality of sound editing, this blows it out of the water with how unique and just... Uh, same also with The Witch. The Witch has some really terrific sound editing, too. But everyone that was involved with The Devil specifically is just... I mean, it, it, Reed had this idea... Not Reed, but Russell had this idea to make the city modern because it, it's supposed to be a modern movie. You're not watching... Uh, a timepiece to look back. You're watching it to be a part of the atmosphere and the environment, which is also something to which offers very heavily. So they made it stark and new for that specific reason, but that was his art department stepping in and dealing with that motion to give it the appearance that it, it looks. So I mean, wow. The way he handles a lot of those
0: scenes, especially the ones that like her fantasies and stuff, it's almost It's like the one movie that was banned And been edited Especially at that time period Just for being blasphemous and of what just these scenes represent. He's literally just telling a story of what's in her head.
1: Well, the point they, they point claimed like, he is a heretic and he's showing heresy, but he's not committing heresy against the church. And that's a lot of what the, the church
0: says. It's a temptation of Christ, though, too, because it's like, well, Jesus took a, th- a second to think about what his life would be like if he didn't get crucified. Well, that's blasphemous as shit. Is it? Or is it just Russell, representing Jesus as a, like, an actual person?
1: Ken Russell, a Catholic himself, uh, and Martin Scorsese, a Catholic himself, neither were were depicting. They they weren't. They were depicting. They weren't performing heresy. And people look at the devils and go, "That's heresy." No, he's showing you an act of heresy. What the nuns did, what the Baltimore did, what Richelieu did is heresy against the notion of God itself. Grandier was a poor fucking tool, and hopefully. If this loving God exists, he was mercifully taken into their arms and accepted and apologized to for the behavior of men that his only son supposedly painstakingly was crucified for because the behavior of men is just, in both of these films, grotesque. It's disappointing. It's just a fucking I'd say that's where that could sum up the entire, uh, this double feature
0: is... Men are basically shit. A bunch of religious men are just the goddamn worst. Because you can't even fuck your life up.
1: You can demonize and you can look at Sister Jean as a bad guy, but she, and we have even left out that she was somewhat disfigured. She uh, had horrible scoliosis and had a humpback. So the Ursuline sisterhood that she was a member of traditionally took unwanted quote-unquote women that were unattractive or couldn't work or didn't have families or didn't have money, and then they all lived in the convent together, and that was it. They were now sisters of God. So she was the queen of unwanted women, and she fantasized endlessly to, I mean, some people suggest that there was mold in the yeast in the bread that was causing hallucinations, which caused all this. That's a pliable theory that people believe, but I believe this woman wanted attention— bunch of unreconciled fucking emotions well she was a jealous hurt woman and wanted attention and it went too far and the church realized they could exploit that there's even a scene in the movie where the baltimore says she's just a hurt woman she's we need to end this public thing now we're a laughing stock
0: well at the end of the day like she doesn't even mind that as a man of god that he's taken this woman on what she really minds is you took that woman on and not me that's what i'm pissed about that you chose her over me, and now you're going to fucking burn for it. And she feels guilt
1: about it at times. I mean, she does try to kill herself at one point in the film. But well, more importantly, end, too, she... it's the fact that he denies being their confessor, that she wants out of one thing at least a slice of him so she can fantasize or pleasure her idea and thoughts to him, mm-hmm. you know, uh, committing her free again, of sin.
0: Because You that's still chose point. her over me, over us, over... Well, well she,
1: she needed she that was. confession. She needed for all these feelings of... of sex and lust that she had inside of her for Grandia she needed him personally to be her confessor. You know, Mignon doing it, on the other hand, wouldn't actually relieve the tension. She needed that almost like coming to get off. She needed Grandier to say, you know, in nomine et Sancti, you're free of sins, do ten Hail Marys or whatever, and it never happens, So her jealousy. I mean, imagine being confined your entire life and being unwanted and just having that attention, having the Grand Court from King Louis coming in and the Grand Inquisition coming in, despite the pain she went through, that this wasn't a normal time of them throwing fucking water on. On you you know, they were miserably and horribly tortured in this essence. No one was—I mean, uh, most of the movie shows some pretty delightful enemas, but it wasn't <laughs> pleasant. You know, no, it was no, no, no. hardcore sexual torture because the, the perversion is—the uh, devil lives in perversion, essentially. So all of these— the ritual rituals- yeah, to, to get the devil out, it has to be through these perverse rituals, so it'd be these awful steaming enemas and genital torture. And, and yeah, even then a does story. she really
0: confess that she's been No,
1: she never her. says his name. She doesn't say it until they pretty much rape her, and which is even a, a more dismal scene that these surgeons and the, the plague medic comes up and says to the bottom more, well— She's had hanky-panky. They're covered in blood, and then it quickly shows Vanessa Redgrave bleeding deeply from the crotch. So, yeah, because you guys just shoved something into her fucking vagina. So there's going to be obvious signs of some rough shit going on, you sick fucking assholes.
0: Yeah, and, like, even with the uh, the plague doctors, like, they really just want him gone so they can continue their work because they get off on it. Like they're
1: a well, they essentially, to too lost money. I mean, Grandier throws right all their stuff out and ridicules them and says that they're not real doctors. The people believed Grandier; people believed and looked up to him, and and they said, "All right, then they're not real doctors." So they probably. I mean, the movie you're takes
0: place my and bread and butter here, folks. I mean, this is. I'm going to continue this on. I'm going to get away with it too. I get to be mean as shit to as many people as I want to, and I'm getting away with it. And now you're trying to take that away from me. My one in the life that it. It makes me happy,
1: basically. Well, as to where the witch is about two weeks, uh, the devil's is about a year. Because at the beginning of the film, uh, Philippe is, you know, you find out she's pregnant, and at the end of the, the movie, one of the most dreadful scenes is, you know, look at that, not every day do you get to see daddy getting burned at the stake. Look how we avenged your mother. Just an awful sequence, which (laughs) Oliver Reed getting burned to death in this movie is is iconic, and it's so bizarre, it's not spoken more often of, that the the effects and the makeup of of him just cackling and burning and screaming is hysterical. And even more, you didn't believe me on this, but this is a true, this is a legitimate fact. Oliver Reed is uh, Father Grandier, and as he's found guilty, he has to be shaved by the court, He learned sometime while filming at a bar that if you shave your eyebrows, they don't grow back, which sometimes happens. And he got really concerned and called his brother, who was his agent, and they called the production company, got the producers involved, got Ken Russell involved. And they managed to legitimately get Oliver Reed's eyebrows uh, insured for one million dollars some nice eyebrows. So yeah, religion is a very beautiful thing in theory. It's kind of like communism. On paper, it's awesome.
0: Well, I mean, it can be used for good. It's done plenty of good things over the bad, but does all the good stuff outweigh the bad things because it's done so much bad. See, I
1: would oddly argue that I think horrible bad I, and this is probably a, a bold statement on my end, but I would I would say that Christianity has probably led to, to more negativity than it has positivity in the, the wide spectrum of things because I mean a lot of a, a lot of almost everything modern has been related some form or to another of God's fighting another oh, yeah. God. I mean, Belief's another belief. people
0: have died in the name of God. I'm more um, because a lot of people, a, a giant portion but even, of them even look at our live. country. You, you they do this stuff without the idea of a daddy telling them what to do, and I will have the reward. God, so it's kept a lot of people in line and kept them from being complete shits, but it's also given a bunch of people like an excuse to be a complete shit. So,
1: but what's our motto right? when we go like overseas? Like, if you join the United States military and you go fight overseas, it's forgotten country. You do all this forgotten country. That's even enforced in a part of our, our politics, it's even in our anthem you know one nation under God you put your hand to your heart and you do this that religion and politics has been immersed not I mean and people you know say well it wasn't till Eisenhower that that happened no it was going back before Julius Caesar you know there there has been a lot of religion and unifications and almost all of it and it's said very potently in the devils anytime there is a massive streak of nationalism it is because somebody's trying to take absolute control power of the country and from 1971 to 2019, and from 1971 to 1791, and beyond, and past, and forward, and forward, it will remain truthful. And that is absolutely accurate. I mean, Jesus,
0: are you, are you trying to make a comparison between the devils and modern time, modern politics that's going on right
1: now? I think the devils is probably more apt as a political piece now than it was in 1971.
0: And when Donald Trump says witch hunt, Um, no, I'm sorry, it's not a witch hunt when you're, uh, you know, a witch who's rubbing baby fat all over your fucking fat orange body. No, you're kind of a witch. Political commentary coming up, but well, he's protecting... a American whole show
1: rights. about politics and religion. I mean, it's a- the only
0: rights that I see Donald Trump protecting at all is your right to be an absolute piece of shit. Well, like, I should be, I should be able to hate people and I should be able to do all this. It's like that's what you're fighting for. It's not like human rights, because if you believe in human rights, you would believe in, I don't know, fucking medicine for everyone in the world that you don't get discriminated against because well there, there, there
1: are these people that are freakishly called humanists that believe in that you know I mean if you really want to say you're for humans and you're for the people then you have to, to be that way and it just like the two movies that we've discussed tonight if you want to be Christ like then try acting the way the book says he I mean because you have this book and it makes a pretty clear fucking example of how he acted so why don't you try that
0: Well, it's no longer about natural law anymore. It's more about well, what I want, and that's what Donald Trump protects. He protects my right to me to make up whatever the fuck I think I like my life should be like well, you're like, it's antithetical to actual progress and other people, and it's negative for a lot of other people, so you being a singular person is not as important as the group whole.
1: Well, let's look at Grandier. Let's look at what he was trying to prevent these walls coming down and having the unified empirical part of France move inward and take over their freedom and governmentize, I don't think that's a word, but you can follow, what's going on, you know, take control of this big, you know, we're all one big allegiance of things, and then look how that's happened in the United States of America, because I know a lot of people that have lost their insurance and haven't been able to get help. I know people that have lost their jobs. I know people that have lost their houses more severe now than when the uh, boom happened during Bush's reign of terror. So, what is being protected? Essentially, we're putting up this wall against Mexico, but our Our walls of safety and protection have come down. You might ridicule and find Obamacare ridiculous, but it's the first notion that this country has ever had of actually giving a shit about its people. Universal health care is widely accepted, universally, except here, even Mexico, even where people think we need protection from, has better health care than the great shining USA. Come on. Something's funny. Someone's lying to you. Like the
0: weird thing about it all is just that (laughs) You get into all this shit about health care and all that And Donald Trump is wanting to enact a law That if you're an immigrant who can't afford your own health care Basically saying if you're too poor to come to America You shouldn't be allowed in America So don't no more give me your poor, you're tired, you're sick No fuck that, we just want rich people here
1: And the white ones Don't send us any of those dark rich people We don't like them
0: well, no, 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 they're fine as long as they're rich and as long as they act like me. But if you have any sort of culture related to your race or your religion or anything else, I don't want any of those in because that's antithetical to my Christian belief. So as long as you're Christian, well-off, and we all speak basically the same kind of language, I'll be okay with you. Which, that's, I mean that's completely witch,
1: that's pretty much what happens there, is the father wants everyone to be like him, to be pure like him to be this uh, insanely feverish, we have to commit to the love of Christ or we are damned forever, and that they're not good enough to the point that he pushes himself away, and that's essentially what's happened, is even people have looked at their own family members and have gone, you, you're you one of these, whether it's left or right wing, and have split, that we truly have, and it's funny, the president jokes about something so casually as civil war, but we have essentially split to a side of people even disowning family members, loved ones, and friends. Maybe it will one day become that level of extremity regardless of it and this discussion the entire point behind it is when you are an extremist you're blinded by that. It's rage. It's extreme. That's why it's called extremism. It's not. And you can,
0: you can take that back to the devils too, because I would call Grandier not an extremist, and that was part of the problem.
1: Yeah, he was more of like a hippie. He's new wave, like, and that's why I think, um, you know, Barre is so funny because he appears as a, you know, a hippie type. He looks kind of like John Densmore from the Doors. Actually, he looks a lot like John Densmore from the Doors. But um, he has this, you know, false messiah atmosphere as well. Grandier. was very new wave. He was thinking of love and compassion and he let the the Huguenots, the French Protestants, live within these walls happily because no one had a problem. They went and prayed at their church and the Catholics went and prayed at their church and then they had dinner and went to shows and went to the theater and everyone lived normally because... These people believed in divorce and these didn't. That's simply the two things between these unifying factions. These guys could get divorced and the other ones couldn't. That's where the whole separatism comes from. And I know Calvinism is a lot deeper than that, and I'm not trying to be blase, but just essentially speaking in, in the essence of what we're talking about. That's what separated and why Richelieu was so fervent, because you have to be unified. So let's take it to something callous like Nazi Germany.
0: Well, you're not a real you, American, Hank. Unify well, with us.
1: Exactly. You know, red, white, and blue make America great again. And uh, a weak comparison, like I was saying, the armbands, you know, Nazi youth join the program. White, Ameri- white Germans, blue eyes, blonde hair. You're part of a status quo. You're fitting in. You're just essentially a cog in a wheel at this point. You're not following any of these actual compassionate things that you say you believe in. And whether it's political or religious, I mean, let's look at politically, I'm sure I can't speak for what Nazi Germany initially stood for, but as an American, what our country stood for was freedom and give us your tired, your sick, your poor. Uh, Again, we were a country founded by religious extremists who fought against other extremists and founded our own, you know, unit.
0: For some people, for some reason, some people are still locked in that idea that, no, that was the important thing about America, not what it became, not what's happened over time,
1: not what— uh, peace, unity, has and love is what's important. That's, that's the, the important, important thing. thing.
0: Not all this fucking walls bullshit that you've put up in the colonies and, like, the Constitution is not that important. Aspects of it are very important. If
1: I'm getting raided by the ATF, there's a lot of important things about the Constitution, but you carrying a machine gun into Walmart and you hide behind the Constitution, one thing is not like the other here, and while there are men and women that are serving life sentences for a dime bag of weed, but you can go to a store like the Apple store and buy fucking dope of all sizes legally, there's something wrong there. The entire judiciary system is based behind this fucking 300-year-old piece of paper that people take absolutely literally, which we can compare to the Bible. Again, even older, going on 3,000 years. No, this is exactly it. Man can't sleep with another man. But yet you're wearing cotton and wool and you're eating meat on Fridays. So, I mean, pick something <laughs> to actually believe in.
0: I, I don't know. Now, I want to I want to pick and choose, because well, the Constitution's very important. Well, uh, this part, well, that's not important. Well... I think the same thing, that this part isn't that important, this part isn't that, but like freedom of speech is very important, this is very important that, well, we gotta hold on to almost all of it, because there's some wacky shit in
1: the Constitution. Even we, you mentioned, and you touched upon something earlier, the great Christian reform, the reform of the church, so where at some point is there gonna be this reform? Where is it gonna be no longer acceptable? Because let's look at the British, they're not running on, well, let's Does not even monarchy even mean anything anymore? I should have said, the, yeah, I was gonna say, I shouldn't have referenced the British with Brexit and the absolute trauma because they are in a political... Yeah. The UK is in a political atmosphere somewhat similar to the United States. So, okay, Germany's an even better reference because after World War II, obviously, some shit had to change, right? They couldn't just, you know, okay, we're back. We're the Nazis. No. Things had to completely change. The entire country... Isn't going by empirical bylaws. Reparations. Well, I mean. Just
0: smooth some things over and said, yeah, we did a bunch of fucked up shit and we're wrong. And America still can't get to that point to where we've ever have admitted to being wrong about anything. Ever. We've always been
1: great. Even before World War II and the rise of the Third Reich, it was an empire, and the empire absolutely fell, and a whole new government formed in that time period. And then after that fell, they still managed to reform and have an entire new government. And as to where you just said, we've not even made absolute reparations to Native Americans or African Americans. And there's people out there that say it's it, disgusting.
0: No, that's just, no, that's wrong. That was a, that was a, a bunch of years ago, so why are we got to work? Because the effects are still going on today, and we've got to fix those effects.
1: And that's we the literal argument, people, though. Equal.
0: No, it's, things are equal. I can't throw you in jail because you're black anymore. It's equal.
1: It I happened 200 years ago, and they got that whole thing where you can get a job because you're black, so that affirmative bullshit, you know, it's equal. No, that's not how or, things or work. Racism. Okay, whatever. And this is uh, the oddly reverse racism, sure. But oddly, this is all essential, truly, to especially the devils out of everything. What happens because the political turmoil in this time period now? is more similar to what was happening in 1630s France with this religious persecution. You just have to take away the Protestants being persecuted. And again, Grandier specifically was only attacked because he said something of negative light about somebody in power. His misbehavior perhaps with women and his, I guess, loose attitude was overlooked for most of his career. He was a Jesuit for most of his career. He was appointed this position and was not a local, which is something that was a bit outlandish at the time. So he was given power. He was a powerful man himself, and the issue was people would believe in him. People would stand behind him. They had one of the strongest uh, armed strongholds in this area of France, and it was a threat. So Richelieu himself used Christ and the teachings of God as an excuse to absolutely destroy this man's life.
0: (laughs) You know what I'm thinking about right now? About this episode we're doing No, I'm thinking about What a great Halloween episode Spooky ghouls and ghosts, folks Our first (laughs) October
1: (laughs) And what's more spooky than Donald Trump?
0: Um, (laughs) What's more spooky than Fucking religious doctrine And fucked up individuals That can't come to terms with their own problems In their own head
1: Oh my god What's awful is somebody's going to find this show and, uh, you know, listen to it and think it's great and go back and listen to old episodes and find the Jaws knockoff one where I mix up tentacles. (laughs) (laughs) I don't hate Christians and I have nothing against Christianity. I think especially Catholicism is very unique. And everything has a positive and everything has a negative. But if I can say anything about Christianity, I find it to be more so negative and a a con. I find it to be a trap to pay into this ever-buying system, and there is no love, and the light of God is far away from a church. You won't find God in a church.
0: I will just say that more than anything, it is a crutch. And to me, I just, like, I don't need the crutch. If you need your little crutch, you can have your crutch and pretend and some stuff. It makes you well, feel
1: Well, spirituality better. is all good. I mean, you can it's believe crazy. in whatever you want to. You can believe in crystals. You can be a Buddhist or a Taoist or, like, David Lynch. You can meditate every single day of your life until enlightenment. I don't care, and I don't specifically think... But I, I mean, Christianity can be a crutch, but it can also be a saving grace for people. It can like. be...
0: It, that's what it's still a crutch. It's still a saving grace that you need something to lift you up. You can't
1: pull yourself. But own I mean, what about somebody like of, Grandier that that truly had come to terms with what he felt Christianity was? I don't believe he was using it as a crutch. I think he was using it as an, a, a way to expose more love and light into his life. That he used it as still. Tool. That's still, you can do that without God. Is my point. It's you don't. Need, oh yeah, no, I, I completely agree. I'm just saying in defense of these people and, and people, groups.
0: You know, almost need like. The starter to get them onto a certain path And in no way, shape, or form Because that's my new diatribe I go into That me, who I'm basically an agnostic No one knows, no one can ever fucking know What happens at the end And if there's a god or not and you can sit here and show me all your proof Which is just nonsense anyway That they believe is proof But at the end of the day, nobody knows And there's no reason for me to live a very pure christian lifestyle which i do not trying to follow a book or anything else but just the the, the key things of christian belief systems i follow oh, like very cleanly in my life and for to not have any sort of religious yeah, you know christian, i will interrupt I, you and just and yet, to add. all the christians
1: yes uh, and you 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 are weirdly um, even more probably puritanical than most average Christians are. You're a tea toddler. You don't smoke. You don't like shoot dope. You don't gamble. You don't cheat on your wife. Like you do truly live a very oddly puritanical existence, I'm and your trying, beliefs don't. Yeah, your beliefs don't interfere with that whatsoever. But your beliefs, generally as a human, just speaking as someone that knows you, is you're not a crazy rapist, don't murdering fucking bastard. Put it over.
0: It's yeah. that simple. Just it's so fuck people over. I shouldn't be living a more Christian life than all you people who are going to church four times a fucking week.
1: That's nonsense. Yeah, I just wanted to shine a light on that, that you truly do. I mean, even to the extent of, you know, really digressing and reading the Bible and dietary restrictions and how you're supposed to take care of yourself, being a Christian doesn't mean you go to church on Sunday and then get drunk every day of the week to get past it. That's, you know, you're still abusing your body. Treat thy body as a temple, uh, you know, lest we forget. But one thing that it's very inherent with modern Christians, and not even modern. I mean, we're speaking of two very pious movies, or people, very pious people in these movies in the, the 1600s and 1700s. Christians are so weary and of pride, and it's something that, you know, is in the Bible, pride cometh before the fall, Proverbs, never forget Proverbs. Pride is something that you should reserve specifically for something you've achieved or done. You shouldn't be proud that you're a Christian. Now you should be loving and happy that you're a Christian, but your teaching or ethic or life or living through the light of God is should be what you're proud of. You shouldn't be proud because you have a cross.
0: Okay, like the thing that I've never particularly understood, you turn on any of those religious networks and they're singing the hymns and everybody's got to have their hand in the air and waving back and forth and path be the power of God in me. Do you or do you feel the power of a group around you? Because I don't know what the fuck you're feeling. Don't tell me that's God. You could have fucking schizophrenia. You have no idea. You're just making shit up and it just makes you feel
1: better. Whatever... I mean, the son of God, the Nazarene, was a hippie that walked footless through or shoeless through the desert and washed the feet of old people and fed them when he could. That's what Christ did. He walked around the desert and went to, to poor and sad people. And then sometimes he would help them if they got ripped off. I mean, Christ was not about being a bully. He was not about being jealous. He was not about stealing or ripping people off. I mean, he went into this money temple and absolutely destroyed it because they were ripping people off. Yeah, like, Christ was a
0: bad church. I don't know what how that one got completely glazed over that, like, this is a very important teaching of the Bible, yet we have giant megachurches. Didn't he basically say the church is fucking immoral?
1: Yeah, like a scene scene out of Goodfellas or even Casino, Jesus and the guys come into the money changing temple and like rough it up and beat the shit out of all these people. It's in the Bible. They trash the place and And say... get your fucking chime box. Yeah, they're like, get the fuck out of here. You don't fucking take money from my dad. You don't fucking speak for us. You know, he was about peace and love and equal health for the people and again the fucking devils
0: let's he look at Christ universal health care I remember yeah. reading that in one of the verses of the Bible
1: Jesus literally was about universal health care fucking Philippians 12 and he was a
0: Jew I think Bernie might be Jesus
1: he very well could be but there's an interesting tie between the devils and uh, our Christ the, the Lord and Savior of the Christians because He essentially was persecuted more for a political reason than anything else. No one had a problem with this hippie walking around sharing peace and love. It wasn't until he finally pissed off some of the Romans. I mean, you follow the story, and the court of Pontius Pilate, he was a governor appointed under the Romans, so it's the same thing as the Baltimore coming in with his Inquisition and bringing in Barre, the witch hunter, and finding associates to sleuth and find slimy ways to get Father Grandier burned at the stake. It's pretty much what happened to Jesus. One of his own people even turned on him because they were pressured, they might have had a moment of bliss and fame, and of course Judas is so regretful, he hangs himself later on, and that's nice, you know, at least there's something for Jesus somebody got, you know, something because I like it when there's revenge in a story what I love about the devils is you get that last beautiful shot of Grandier's wife walking up the steps as it turns to black and white, and she's alone and you've got this awful vision of the Protestants dead up on the wheels and this awful, dystopic landscape behind you, and with the Bible, I mean, Judas gets hung, but essentially Jesus died for nothing. Because if you look around today, or if you go back in time to 1630, it seems like the sin of man is just corrupt and overwhelming, and that it was sort of in vain his whole, uh, can you know, take crucifixion. Religious,
0: religious teaching of Jesus and like not corrupts that. <laughs> that's how corrupt man is. It all, like, it all stops. And I think basically what we're saying is, stop going to church. Stop believing this nonsense. Start belonging to the church. Death by DVD.
1: Or yeah. cinema is God. I mean, I actually am a holy man. We're not lying. I'll post credentials on the website. I mean, I literally am a man of the cloth. So you can come to us i'll absolve you i mean we can figure it out we can talk send your confessions to us death by at gmail.com we'll uh, read them on the show anonymously and i'll absolve you for your sins and you Maybe can get this deal thanks and um <laughs> drink 12 high lifes and call it a day and you are absolutely absolved here's the point though. i'm not yeah, buy a shirt, buy a sticker pack, give us some money. I'm not going to put my place or myself in the place of Jesus, but I think um, just maybe life in general, you should be accepted to those around you, whether they're race, sex, gender, creed. And you know what? If somebody walks up to you and they have a long beard and obviously have a dark, deep voice, and they say to you, I prefer to be called ma'am, then call them ma'am. What does it affect you? What does it do to your existence to, I don't know, be humble? Try and actually oh, be oh, humble. Jesus
0: never humble. That was never a part of the Bible.
1: Yeah, be acceptant and be humble. Maybe you should look at the people around you and uh, just love them no matter what.
0: Don't, don't burn them at the stake. And uh, like their shit.
1: Well, still, just don't burn people at the stakes. Try not looking at an African-American that's wearing sagging pants and make a judgment. Try not to look but at a Mexican and think they're a super criminal like the television tells you to. Try to think for your fucking self for five and seconds. And on
0: that same like that same token, though, don't also just, well, you have to accept me because this is what I believe. But what you believe is repugnant. Well,
1: no, yeah, there are absolutely ridiculous things where, like, there's a statement now where people want added on to the LG. B, T, you know what? I'm sorry, guys. I don't have it completely memorized. Q. LBQ, you were, you were there. I was close. I, I missed the LBGVTQ. Q. People want uh, like ageism added onto that because that's an acceptable fetish of, you know, I believe that I'm a 12-year-old, so I should be able to fuck a 12-year-old. No, that's not you. I'm very— Oh, oh hold up. I'm not hold gonna, up on that one. I don't want to prosecute you, but what I want to do is sit down and have, you know, you looked at physically because this isn't normal. You need to seek physician help. You need to seek psychiatric help. That's you,
0: awesome. that's, you know— <laughs> The people,
1: there's a difference in things that are like, as
0: long as it's good for most people, a uh, majority of people, that, But what's um, good
1: for some it. isn't good for all, but. In the sense of, of damaging, negligent things, I mean, should horse fucking be legal? I don't know. I don't know how it affects the horse. I don't think that they agree to it, and I don't think that's acceptable. Should it be up for debate if that's good or bad? No, I think most people morally would go horse fucking. That's disturbing. That's no, that's you know, it, it's just certain well, things. I think it's an arbitrary
0: age, but it's a pretty good arbitrary age. Yeah, sure, we all made up 18, but really. At a certain age, like you're 38 years old, why are you interested in like anyone who's younger than 18? Even 18, even 18? Like at 38, I'm not. I can't be interested in a 22 year
1: old. Which when is, I was I
0: 25.
1: And there are things that you have to take into actual reality. You know, you hear these terms like innocence and a term uh, of religious, like in some situations that you're discussing with the witch, children aren't born into innocence. They're born completely damned and they have to be saved. But... People can be innocent, children are innocent, children don't have this function. You can't have a loving relationship with a child, and it's absolutely uh, well, there's a whole a, a, power a, a, a dynamic. There too. Well, even, obviously, yes, but I mean, even it's with
0: just... 18 and 38, there's still a power dynamic that's a problem because you obviously you're going to have more power. And if an 18 year old is interested in you as a 38 year old, that there's probably some major power issues between that. Person and that child of eighteen and their father or mother or but there's a lot things, of other deeper things going on.
1: But these are also, I mean, in that essence, uh, what I you know was referencing was you know like Nambla, you know, the National Association of Manboy Love, loving children or having relationships with children. In some instances, and you know, again, referencing to the devil, Grandier had love letters to other people, and that was used to damn him. Now, I don't think always if let's say you're 38 and you fall in love with an 18 year old, there is and I've sworn I don't really believe in this, but there is a chance maybe there is love between you two. I don't, I mean, not every situation's absolutely the same, but I've said this before and I'll say it again, and I think the devil's is a, actually the devil's and the witch is a good reference to back this up. I don't believe humans are actually capable of committing to the love that we believe we are. The romantic notion of love, I think it's more lust and chemicals and emotion, and even like the witch, somebody that loves their a lot family.
0: selfishness in there as well.
1: Yeah, I just don't think... I think no matter how pretty it is to think that you are in love and that love exists, I think it's more of an... And I've been in love, and I, I love my dog. I love my mother. I love my father. I love my house and my car. There's plenty of things I can tell you I love, but I think it's all situational and fleeting and uh, transient. Everything is incredibly and increasingly transient as every day goes on.
0: And you can get into, like, a lot of different... Because there's a lot of different weird sexual fetishes out there, and if there's two consenting adults... I don't have too big of a problem with it. I mean, I don't think it should be made illegal, but... There's some weird fetishes out there that you need to psychologically explore yourself and figure out why you are. I'm not saying you should stop and like, oh, that's fucked up. You shouldn't do what I'm saying. I mean, like, and yeah.
1: I'll just be crass and say something, I guess, uh, rough, but like if you want to be pissed on, fine, that's great. But if you want to pretend you're a three year old getting fucked by somebody, go to a the therapist. You need yeah. to get some goddamn help. I mean, you need, if, you need to fucking seek Jesus, if you're literally. Both
0: consenting adults. I'm not saying, well, we gotta fucking commit you. What I'm saying is, I don't care if you're you both 77 with somebody. Yes, you might need to get some things out and figure out why you have these and like a, a way of coping with these sorts of ideas, as opposed to just, "nah, it's fine, we're cool." It's like, well, why is this person? I don't know. Same thing with rape fetishes and everything else. It's just all kind of like, okay, I had, yeah. I got you, got you there, but you need to figure out why. If I you could might still go along with it after that, but. Still, you just, in yourself, your own personal, like, well-being and health, you need to figure these things out
1: in your own head. If I had, like, a Tesla amount of money, you know, if I had that, like, crazy millionaire I can send a car into space money, I would spend all of my time trying to figure out a way to clone and bring back Sigmund Freud and Carl Jung and then just, like— let them go wild on the Internet for a couple of days, not let them in contact with each other and then lock them in a room and see what happens. Because, I mean, today's uh, moral state of what is pushed to be accepted and what isn't acceptable is absolutely ridiculous and truly is so similar to this era of witch hunting that it's incredible. And people look back and they laugh and they think of this ridiculous era where people were burned at a stake. And I mean, even look at uh, God, I can't think of his name. He was. Um staff writer for SNL. He was a senator from the Midwest. Al yeah, Al Franken. Al Franken was accused of a lot of things, none of them being raped, most of them inappropriately touching people with their clothes on or squeezing their butts, and he completely resigned. That was a witch hunt. He was burned at the stake. That man's entire fucking career is over. And what did he do? What did he do like Bill Cosby or, I mean, Kevin Spacey's accusations are one thing. But let's look at these people that actually have been charged and forced with rape. Harvey Weinstein, Bill Cosby, look at their lives. What has happened to them? Where is their witch hunt? Where is the witch hunt for these incredibly powerful people? So Bill Cosby got punched in prison. He had to go to jail. Oh, the old rapist had to go to jail. That's it? That's it? out of how many 70 80 90 different women that have come forward and have testimonies against his sexual assault against them that's what you give him just a somber jail sentence but somebody like Al Franken completely loses their career but we are read at
0: fatherhood hank have you read that
1: book it's we are plan. at a point, certainly, of it's only going to be 50, 60, maybe 100 years from now. We will be burning people again. We will be calling them witches and burning them. Look at how these things happen. And I'm not defending Franken. I don't mean to come off very blasé that I don't think he did anything wrong. I take the accusations seriously and I've looked at them. But comparatively, the things even caught on tape that our current president has said compared to what Al Franken was accused of, it's laughable that he but he's is- found God. <laughs> well, I guess that—that's the whole thing. That's the whole Fuckarinsky man. You find oh, God? It's you just you believe
0: that. You know, oh, wait. A you don't believe it, you're just forcing yourself to believe it to get a means no, to your end. Yeah, okay, I gotcha.
1: It's just so futile. I mean, this this entire I mean, just coming to even that conclusion right there was defeating. I mean, just it's a futile exercise. And I guess if I have a statement on Christianity, is that truly the modern Christian church is a feudal exercise of taking yeah. pennies from the poor and nobody it's believes It's always
0: it. been that though. It's pretty much, I mean, if you look back at any of these, both of these movies, that's uh, ultimately, like, it's never helped. It's never helped any of these people. It, it, like, And it only has helped in certain things. And I'm not even, like, they're not, like, grand things, but, like, even wars have brought... Like, even Nazi doctors created medicine. So, Nazis
1: I mean, created NASA. I mean, we went to the new I mean, moon technically because of the Nazi party.
0: That's what I mean of the good that religion's done. It's done some things at great cost. didn't do things, but it advanced culture, blah, blah, blah. But at this point in history, it's time to fucking ditch it because it's no longer relevant or useful in everyday parlance. It's just not.
1: Well, to end the show in a different light, I have a cool, interesting story about Ken Russell that I think is going to fit in very well here because Is Ken Russell part of the white worm story it isn't unfortunately too bad but it's it's about Ken Russell and God that he was not born a Catholic and when he was younger he was living in a, an apartment complex and one of his neighbors had become a Catholic and was very very interested in Catholicism and talking about it and the rituals and the rites of Catholicism and Ken didn't know much about it So he started spending time with this guy and talking to him, and he worded it to him to a point that Ken was just absolutely blown away, and he told him, pretty much, we believe there's a a man, there's a spaceman, there's a space guy, a space lord, he's out there in space, and you can directly contact him, and you can be a space cadet, and the space army and he asked him well how do i you know talk to the space lord how do i do this and he showed him a rosary and he said these beads connect you directly to our space lord and that's how you become a space cadet and that's how ken russell interpreted it and that's his own words how he felt jesus is an astronaut and I'm a space cadet. And if you look at every world religion and you look at all of these things that intertwine together and you source back to their roots, even the Egyptians, the Mesopotamians, cultures far older than ours that existed in ages of sand and nothingness, all of them tie almost to one thing. So maybe in thought, and uh, concept, all these things are like one. Maybe there is some omnipresent deity or maybe you just live in a universe that exists maybe time holes and all these crazy theories about space and continuum and reality exist maybe we're not alone out here maybe jesus is an alien the whole point is to be acceptant of it all Learn something. Don't have fear. Fear is the mind killer, and fear is the thing that will ruin your heart. Fear is what will absolutely destroy you if you're afraid. So just like if Jesus is an alien and they land, then you're a space cadet, right? Just join. Deal with it. God's an astronaut. Oz is over the rainbow. And Midian is where once. the monsters are. <laughs> you yeah. got
0: very Dune-like there towards the end, Hank.
1: Yeah, it's funny. Uh, we get charged with being negative and Death by DVD always shits on stuff. And increasingly, this entire show is just a back and forth of, Christianity's not that good, but no, love and be like Jesus. No, we Don't be a Christian. Be like Jesus. So yes. I don't know what to tell you out Jesus there in radio. Jesus has nothing later. to do with Christianity. There you go. There's there's a quote. He was a fucking Jew uh I mean (laughs) Talk about two weird separate Houses and then you have most modern Christians that have animosity toward the Jews Like their own savior wasn't one It's baffling but that's what you'll experience In this world no matter what everything's baffling So you might think you're doing the right thing In unifying yourself with Christ and then You get burned at the stake you might do Everything possible to make your family's Life the greatest and closest to God And then damn them all to the greedy hands Of a witch but just wait Bernie will take a non-functioning health care system and change it into one, I think he's Jesus. Oddly, That's the exact I'm same saying. thing I was going to say. <laughs> but my final statement is be nice to each other, for God's sake. For God's sake, for Allah's sake, and Gishnu, and everybody's sake. Uh, Vishnu. Everybody, Vishnu, Gishnu is uh, my drug dealer's cousin. I always get them mistaken because he has eight <laughs> arms. It's also an elephant. So yeah, I don't know, Peace? The ashtray is full and the bottle As is empty. As the immortal Don Cornelius once said, peace, love, and soul. Please don't get burned at the stake.
2: true Sign of the No! Call me me! like death by dvd it's a statement death by dvd is recorded in front of a dead studio audience
1: death by dvd has reached the end of another day of broadcast death by dvd is broadcast from on top the blue
2: crystal sunshine mountain in any town One, two, three, easy street with transmitters on top of the Empire State Building and the Eiffel Tower. Portions of today's programming have been mechanically reproduced. The management and the staff wish you a pleasant good night and good morning.